Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Action Network podcast. This is the weekend betting review and weekday preview. I'm Stucky. With me, as always, is Colin Wilson. All right, we're going to go through what happened yesterday, both from a national perspective and with college football implications and our own personal carnage. After going through the weekday college football, we'll get to an NFL recap of the day. And in a new format that I think you'll like. And then uh, we'll do a quick pre- I'll do a quick preview of uh, Monday Night Football, uh, Chiefs Chargers in Mexico City. Uh, Jeff, as rough as a day as I did yesterday, brother? <laughs> I, I mean, I had a rough day. You had a rough day. But, I mean, it, it might be spicy, Colin, as we record this. Because, I'm, you know, it's just two weeks in a row of, of uh, you know, just ice-cold play. I mean, really, some of them just flat-out bad handicapped. And some of them are just bad beats. And, you know, people are finding my, my – uh, my DMs really fast and some people are getting creative and finding my personal email. So I don't know about you, but you know, when these things happen, it doesn't bother me when I, when I lose games and I go on cold streaks, I just minimize, you know, how much I'm going to lose. Kind of like being at the blackjack table. When I lose at the blackjack table, I minimize, I go down to a base level bet. And when I'm on a streak, I win one, I win two, I win three, I increase my bet size. And it's kind of the same thing here. I know I'm on a cold streak right now. And what I'm going to do is, is just go down to my base bet size don't overdo it. Don't chase. I'll be fine in the long run. For those of you that have been around, Stuck and I, for a long time, I started off last bowl season. I whiffed on the first seven bowls. I, then I cleaned up every single bowl after that. But I whiffed on the first seven, and the hate was real. And, you know, I won over half my bowl pools, and I, I won out the entire thing. So, I mean, these things happen. These streaks happen. I mean, obviously, I, when I have a, a day like yesterday, which are inevitable, I mean, there's always like one or sometimes two bloody uh, Saturday or Sundays a year. I mean, I was looking back. They, there's just one a year usually. I mean, it's just bound to happen. But uh, that was my fourth worst Saturday in 15 years. I can't stop 
But I went in 2007, I went, I went 18 in a day. I've talked about that a lot on the pod. Um, I'll never forget that feeling. The 18th loss was the Hawaii game. And I was just sitting there and nonplussed after. I mean, I feel worse for people that tail because I've been doing this for so long that it, it bothers me that day and all day. And then I, I can move on. But I know that some people can't and they're not as experienced. You know, once you, you suffer that, those days like that, you're able to recover and, and just know that it's part of the drill. But I feel bad for anyone that, that tailed any of the plays. Uh, and I always will. That's why I put that video out on Twitter, which I think more people should do more of. It doesn't be a video, but just acknowledge your shitty days. People always run from their shitty days instead of, you know, but they'll be so quick to point out their great days. The best handicapper in the world will have horrendous days. Um, it's just the way it works. I love the whole, you guys are hiding on Twitter. And listen, I mean, I have a family, I have kids and my house is full of people. And sometimes I have watch parties and it's not my job to babysit everybody on Twitter. I'm not hiding from anything. We have a podcast. Our face is on, you know, the action network at least twice a week. You more than me. We aren't hiding from anybody. <laughs> We're very visible. In order to have a really good day, you have to get lucky. And then if it's a really bad day, you have to get unlucky. So, like, yesterday, Colorado State was yeah. as vicious as it gets. Uh, I was catching 11. You were catching 10 and a half, and they were down 10 at the one-yard line. Couldn't get in, couldn't get in, and threw a 100-yard pick six. And then they went all the way down the field, and I had the over, too, and Colorado State. So I thought that they were going to get in and hit both. Nope, turned that into 0-2. And, and then I had the Syracuse under. I mean, come on. I mean, I beat that, that line by like five points. Duke just gave Syracuse three touchdowns in, in five minutes to start the second half. I think it was like 10 7 half. And then at the very end, Syracuse, instead of taking knees, broke a 15-yard run with a minute to go to put it over. So I, I, from a CLV perspective, I had a great day. I had almost at 21, not 21 and a half. And uh, at the same time that Air Force was happening, LSU was breaking a run. I'm the only person in the world that held Navy plus 11. I mean, I'm the only person in the world. I'm the one that got up to the desk at Circa, and I had four points of closing value, and that game was over in two minutes. I mean, my worst beat of the day was probably Nebraska. They lose by 16, and I have them plus 14. And uh, they missed a field goal, and they got stopped at the one-yard line, the half-yard line at the end of the game. Nebraska had 494 yards. Wisconsin, oh. 489. Nebraska, 8.2 yards per play. Wisconsin, Wisconsin. 7.4. Nebraska should have won the game out, right? They didn't cover 14. Oh, Wisconsin has had a kickoff return for a TD. I mean, that's how I mean, that's how unlucky that was. Yeah, that was vicious. But I also had a shit ton of shitty calls. Like, I would say my best call of the day, not betting Navy. I was talking <laughs> about this one, someone on Twitter. I didn't have many good calls. South Florida, and that was never in doubt. I can't believe they lost. Cincinnati steals another one. South Florida lined up to kick the game-winning field goal, and this guy kicked it towards Alabama. I don't know where the hell he was kicking it, but he South was, Florida should have won the game. Well, you want to hear something funny. He was one for five on field goals yesterday, which means that he was 20%, and we were laughing at him, but I was 19% on my picks yesterday. And I was worse than the uh, USF kicker. Since he has Temple and Memphis left to go, they're, they're due, somebody's, somebody's due to kick their ass. I mean, they, they, this has been terrible at game after terrible game. As long as you don't say it's UConn, I, I agree with you. Someone on Twitter told me, this is what happens when you play numbers. You, you, end up, you end up having bad days. No, that's not how it works, brother. You have bad days because you have bad days. They're going to happen. Playing numbers is how I've been doing this forever. Play numbers, not teams. By the way, Northwestern, I got 39 and a half. Thanks for winning by 39. Worst call. Uh, I'd say Missouri. I mean, they lost by 17. The game changed on. They dropped the pick six, and then they had another pick, and then they called it a catch somehow. Yep. Florida benefits from more rest, but... Missouri's offense didn't do much. The state, I mean, they got blown out, but I thought Tua wasn't going to play. We will get to that, by the way. Mm, Georgia Tech, probably my worst call of the day. 
They got curb stomped. Georgia Tech got 130 yards. That's all you need to know. South Carolina gets trucked by an Emily scores six points. That was pretty bad. Texas State, the Bobs. I can't believe I went back to the well with the Bobs. Every gambler knows that feeling. Let's talk bet regret. Oh, yeah. My bet regret's probably Utah. And I think they were the winners of the day. We'll recap the day from a college football perspective in a second. But uh, how about you? Best call, worst call, bet regret? (laughs) Yeah, that leads right into my best call, which was Utah minus 21. I think there was, uh, you know, you and I talked about how we think these Pac-12 teams need to get noticed and maybe they're going to put their foot on the gas. And uh, this one was just out of control. I mean, Utah had to have it going. They had the offense going. They had the defense going. They had they were They're firing on all cylinders right now. So that was... Definitely the best bet, the one I didn't have to worry about. The worst bet of the day, the Navy call. I mean, not only, you know, was I happy enough to be the first person to get Navy for the entire betting week, but, you know, I I wrote up a piece and told everybody we should get Navy, try to get it over seven. Notre Dame's first four possessions, touchdown, 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 touchdown. Oh, and then field goal, touchdown. First six possessions, all scores. Navy, fumble, fumble, three and out punt, downs, fumble. Notre Dame went straight to the air. And you mentioned it on the podcast. You're like, you know, well, I think Notre Dame's going to try to throw over these. Yeah, they did. It was insane. I switch all my TV screens around whenever games flip over to the next set of games. And, like, by the time I had Notre Dame up there, this damn thing was over. So, definitely worst call was uh, Navy. wasn't even close. Bet regret? Oregon. I mean, like I, like I just said, we, uh, we think the Pac-12 is uh, hearing – uh, what's being said, and, and they're watching the college football playoff ranking show. And and we said on the podcast that that Oregon number was inflated completely and that it's a result of them trying to put their foot on the pedal. Uh, not only did they beat the number that I had projected, not only did they beat the number SP Plus had projected, they went and beat Vegas uh, by a point. So fading Oregon and Utah through these last couple of games until they get to the Pac-12 championship, I don't think that's a very good idea. Yeah, I mean, by the way, so Oregon is up 28, which I think was the final margin, right? Wasn't it 34-6 final? Yeah. So they're up 28. Arizona has the ball fourth and three at the, at the Oregon 15 with three minutes to go. The game is over. The game, there is no chance you can win. So this would be my philosophy as a coach. You, you've got to practice kicks, right? Why not, if you can't win, cover? Why not kick the field goal there? Do it for your fans, your boosters. You're not going anywhere that season. You have fans out there and boosters that bet on you plus 27 and a half. They're sitting out there watching. You want to get on their good side or screaming, kick, kick the field goal. You don't. You go for it. You come up a yard short and then Oregon wins 28-6. You play to cover the game. By the way, one thing I didn't mention earlier about days like that, some, you went on those like you know one or two bloody days a year. They become so self-fulfilling. You're sitting there and you're you're just wondering, all right, how am I going to lose this one? And then it happens. And then it just feels like every time a dot goes to green, it something happens and it flips to red uh, within like a second. The one I didn't see, I didn't see Colorado State coming. And I was in that mindset. Um, like I was in that mindset, how am I going to, and then that was the, the craziest one. Um, but those days are just the worst. You just, you have to wear them. You have to bathe in them because they're going to happen. I would love to say I would never have a day like that again, but I will I'll have one next year. I'll, maybe I have one this year. I'll have one the year after that and the year after that and the year after that for as long as I'm alive. But I have to have a little longer term of a memory because we have to recap those days on this podcast with voicemails. Uh, so let me get those in. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. Reached the voicemail box of the Action Network podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Let's check this week's messages. Hey guys, this is Alex from Kansas. 
Stucky, I just got to say, how in the actual f- do you start out 1-14 on the weekend? You know, I just got done golfing on the day, and I looked at my bets, you know. I thought I'd take a couple of years, and oh, my Jesus. I, You know, I, I got to say, you got a couple hours to correct this, but f- me to tears. Go pick season in full effect. Woo! Georgia Futures still alive. And add that f***ing terrible Auburn pick to the mantle with Mizzou. Iowa State and Georgia Tech. Oh yeah, with a big donut. Nice work, guys. Nice work. Hey, Mike from Madison. Love you guys. But guess what? You Skyler. You Kansas State. You just blew my big money line parlay. Sweating this out. With all these actual good games on. Go yourselves. John from Long Island. I had it here all week. All week. How this. Georgia Tech team was fighting hard, playing hard. Their coach was finally teaching their guys the offense. No more triple options. They're learning the spread. Well, what a disgrace of a game that was. I just looked at the box score. I thought watching this game after the first quarter. I knew it was over. Georgia Tech looked like a JV football team. And I had to hear Stucky on the podcast all week say, this just smells right. This just smells right for Georgia Tech. Yeah, well, how does 134 total yards on 56 plays sound? The only thing that smells better than that is the shit I took this morning. Disgusting. Um, Stucky, I just want to ask you, how does Georgia Tech smell now, huh? Does it smell like a skunk? I spent my hard-earned money on that money line, 45 nothing. Are you fucking kidding me? Stucky. For God's sake, just get off the podcast. Colin, I need you. Help me out. This is Cheddar Bob, and I'm sitting here with my Notre Dame giving seven ticket. And I just love that Colin story where he got his plus 11 ticket handed to him by the guy at the casino. And Colin made it seem like he was some big week. Very, very nice to see that blow up in his face. Love the pod. Back with Alyssa, you f***ing loser. Missouri. No wonder you guys are doing ED commercials now. Got to pay for that. You guys are losers. Bye. Hey guys, this is B from Louisville. Listen, this is Friday at five o'clock. I'm on my commute home. I don't need to watch the Mississippi or even know what happened in the Mississippi State Alabama game. I can just talk about it in the past tense because. I'm certain about what is going to happen. You guys talked about all these, oh, well, they'll be able to run, they'll be able to do all this. Alabama absolutely hammered Mississippi State. At no point was it even a game. This was one of you guys' dumbest calls, and the reason is I don't think you know all of the situation. Mississippi State has six to eight players that have been sitting out in their major games that they knew they were going to lose. This team just doesn't have fight in them if those guys aren't playing. Why did they beat the shit out of Arkansas? Because those guys played and the team was into it. And Arkansas is Arkansas. So, listen, guys, I get it. You just got so many games. You can't do all your homework. I understand. I love the podcast. Uh, Roll Tide, they just absolutely demolished Mississippi State, as you can clearly see by the uh, score there. Uh, Hope you have a good week. Thanks, guys. The Mac. I'm out with my friends trying to have a normal night, you know, and I got a, a few units late on Buffalo minus six, and you know, they're up 27 to six. You know, black, black punt, onside kick, and their kicker is boxing people out like his Antonio Gates on the 0 2 
Elite 18, whatever the f*** it was. So not good. My name is uh, Demetrius Brown from Atlanta, Georgia. I just want to say the amount of money I'm paying every f***ing month to get these garbage picks from you pieces of I hope it's going towards your mental health because mine is low right now. And I'm not sure how many brain cells I've wasted reading your f***ing articles day in and day out, but it makes me look even stupider than I am. F*** Toledo? Are you kidding me? 21 goddamn unanswered points? I'd rather go watch Friday Night Lights at my local high school. F*** you. What's up, my friends? This is Minor Mother Effing Mason. And you guys made fun of us the first game of the season when we only beat Houston Baptist by two points. And guess what? We have not won another game since, so I guess you guys were right. The only funny thing about this season is that Colin you faded Minor Nation. Bet against us last week when we actually covered, which I thought was hilarious. But we have been humbled. No pizza party this year. I just want to tell you guys, even though we're terrible again, that I appreciate you guys and your podcast and everything you do. And I wish you guys well on the rest of the season. Minor Nation, we're out. Peace. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. Before we get to box score fronts, let's let's not wait any longer. Let's talk about the two biggest games of the day and the implications of the college football playoff. There's what I know a lot of people want to talk about. The Tua thing, first of all. He's out for the year. It's heartbreaking. Uh, hopefully he'll be okay. Look, some people can say he shouldn't. Why are you uh, you're being a Monday morning quarterback and saying, no, I said he shouldn't have played at all from the start. That's why I bet Mississippi State plus 21. I assumed he wasn't going right. to play. Right. I didn't think there was no – I didn't think there was a chance they'd play him. Plus, it would strengthen their case for the playoff. I too was hurt. Well, now he is hurt, and now you're not going anywhere. I don't see a route now, especially for Bama. It's so easy to pass them up. They don't have any, they're not going to have any wins. Auburn lost again. That win's now not going to be as great. They're not going to have any key wins on their whole schedule, and they're not going to have Tua. So, I mean, leaving that kid in is just – and I know it had nothing to do with his original injury. It doesn't matter. A bet regret, though, by the way, was not betting that second half under. You had to figure that Saban was then just going to get the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> they left a live line up at 34 and a half, and I just kept hitting submit, submit, submit. Now, I'm sorry I didn't get into the app for everybody, but if you can't recognize that at that point, uh, a live bet when two is not coming back was was, was the way to go. But did, What did what did you think? He, he shouldn't have been so, going uh, in. Listen, the whole national narrative out there is going to grill Saban about him leaving to it in, and the, and the response of he needs to practice. He, need, he needs That's the outrageous. practice, the two-minute drill. This is the same kid that two years ago came in and won the national championship. What kind of practice? He's projected to be the second overall pick in the NFL draft. What is he trying to practice at 35? Yeah, plus he was seven? saying it was the plan all along, the play in the whole first half. Well, then why'd you have Mac Jones warming up? Everything about this is bad, and, and this goes to – I know people don't want to hear this, and I know the Bama fans definitely don't want to hear this. But our buddy over at You Better You Bet, Nick Costos, was like, you know, has you know, has Saban has he has he missed a step or two? Is something going on here? Listen, that this whole this all goes back to the summer. 
with that where the F is Dan story about how Dan Enos just picked up and left the program. He can't keep coordinators around because the way he runs the program, players don't like, the, you know, just how hard he is on them and how hard he is on the program. And he's just a real edgy and, and gritty guy to be around. And, you know, now that, you know, there's going to be questions around this. There's going to be huge questions with the Alabama fan base around Saban doing this. And I'm just saying, listen, I, I'm not lying about this. If I'm Lane Kiffin, if I'm Mike Norvell, I will let Florida State and I'll let Arkansas sit for a while. Because I'm not really sure that Saban's going to be around. What's he got coming back next year? I mean, he's got an entire defense coming back, but what, Mac Jones? I went around and picked up and bought as many Alabama no playoff as much as I could in the summer. I didn't want it to happen like this. I really didn't want it to happen like this. But I thought, you know, friend of the podcast, Brett McMurphy, said it really well yesterday when he said, you know, that the committee, it's got to come into the committee's mind when they're making the selection for the Final Four. If Alabama's one of those teams that could pop up into the four Mac Jones being the quarterback it's got to go through their mind yeah I mean yeah that's common sense um and plus, you, you and I are gonna be betting Auburn anyways but yeah plus all uh Bo, Bo picks that thanks for that throw on fourth down Bo next season in full effect missing the wide open guy yeah the thing is that Auburn losing to Georgia yesterday by the way Georgia future stayed alive although I would have loved Auburn to score touchdown there than go for two and not get it that was my dream but no, nothing Nothing that I was dreaming of happening was going to happen yesterday. But Auburn, Auburn losing that game is now going to – it's going to weaken that potential Bama win. It also weakens the Oregon loss this year. Uh-huh. USC beating Cal, another good thing that happened for Utah yesterday. But in addition to that, we both think Alabama's done, right? Unless there's complete uh, oh, chaos. And, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I don't know uh, how you can watch an Oregon or a Utah game and not think that those two teams – I don't know how you can watch a Utah game and, and think that they couldn't beat – I would love to watch their defense go up against LSU offense. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, and, cool and by the way, from a power rating perspective, you guys go over to Action Network and look at a power rating perspective. I, I gave Alabama, after I graded the game, after I graded the Mississippi State game, I gave Alabama, and I gave Alabama their new power rating. I then deducted them five and a half points for Tua. So you're now going to find Alabama tied with Oklahoma, a point and a half above Utah, two and a half points above Oregon. And that's exactly where I think this team is with Mac Jones. And they're going to fall farther. I'm not sure they can beat Auburn. I mean, I have this game, Alabama minus four. I'm going to be scooping Auburn probably on that. Oh, that's on a neutral. That's okay, on yeah. a neutral. Sorry about that. Yeah, I was going straight up. Yeah, yeah. I have, it, I, have it, I have it as a pick. So, with you know, with two out. And then the other crazy game of the night is a team stayed alive in the playoff. Well, Baylor's technically eliminated, but they were at 13. But Rat Rule covers again as a dog. Baylor gives up a 28-3. Matt Ryan-esque law, uh, lead, Super Bowl lead, and Oklahoma rises from the dead. The one thing I did say in that game, I did have Oklahoma in a Moneyline parlay with Iowa, is that Oklahoma will be able to efficiently move the ball through the air just up and down the field. And that is what they did. On This is, the, this is not Oklahoma that you're used to seeing. This is C.D. Lamb did not play. Hollywood Brown is in Baltimore. This was 17, 18 play drives. Jalen Hurts making plays with his legs, and you know they were running the ball as well. And they came all the way back, uh, won that game 34-31 on a last-minute field goal, and then Brewer threw a pick uh, to a DN who was dropping into zone, which confused him two plays in a row. He dropped one pick and then picked the next play, which was pretty crazy. The thing that, that struck me most about this game is Baylor came out with their hair on fire. Now, they were helped from some of Hurts' turnovers. And I thought the kiss of death is when Hurts fumbled to go into the end zone, but they were even even able to recover from that. But Baylor was playing so aggressively. You know, they were hitting big plays, and they were creating big plays. And then they got this big lead, and they went into a shell. 
a complete shell trying to sit on the ball and we're no longer being aggressive and it ended up backfiring. I mean, what did they have? Five yards in the second half? I mean, it was uh-huh. – I think the total plays were like 90 to 45 in that game or something. Uh, so Oklahoma wins, but it's kind of like the Iowa State win. I mean, they were up 21 against Iowa State and had to survive a two-point conversion. They were down 25 here, and they had to come back and win by a field goal. Like the perception of them, you know, they stayed alive, but I think weakened uh, because of their defense. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, that's why I think that the Pac-12 – was the winner of the day yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I had no problem firing live. Once I got to 28-3, to I said, well, a couple of these field positions and these scores were kind of flukes and and turnover luck. And so it's time for me to fire live on Oklahoma and time for me to fire live on the under because I like the under anyways. But I was happy with 75.5. So Baylor, zero points in the second half. I mean... Uh, you know, I, their defense, I don't know if they can rebound. Does Matt Rule start getting, uh, you know, talked to about other coaching positions? Where's his head going to be? But these guys are, they're, they're going to meet again in the Big 12 championship. If you look at the standings, Baylor has a two-game lead on everybody else. So, I mean, this is what's going to happen in Arlington once again. And I don't think I'm going to have a problem backing Oklahoma because they got down 28-3 to, I mean, that was, you know, went into the belly of the beast in Waco. Uh, and you're right, hair on fire. And I just think in Arlington, it's going to be a completely different story, especially if OU has if, – if if Lincoln Riley can sell to that group, you're going to make the playoff if you win this game. I think it's a no-brainer that we're back in OU in the championship game. So as of right now, if you had to project what the playoff is going to be, um, I think it's either – Well, this is where you and I have a fight. This is where you and I are – you're like, you're all over me about this LSU thing. Georgia's going to beat LSU. I'm not so and sure. Georgia and LSU were in. LSU has four I, top ten I wins. I don't agree. I don't um, agree. Dude, they are, they are so locked into the playoff. It's funny. But I will say that – and your poll results, uh, they, <laughs> they speak yeah. to that. They, what was it, 78%? Your poll results with four questions are supposed to be – a lot closer than that. But right. the, I think it's if Georgia beats LSU, Georgia is in and yeah. LSU is in and it's Clemson and Ohio State. And they'll put, you know, then you, you can also put Georgia at three. Georgia plays Clemson. You put LSU at four. So you plays Ohio State. And that's exactly what the committee would want. But if Georgia doesn't beat LSU in the SEC championship, then I think it's the only two, the only two teams that it comes down to are Oklahoma, if they go 12-1 and win the conference, and Utah or Oregon. And I think, as of right now, I favor Utah if they get it done. If it's Oregon versus Oklahoma, it's damn close. But uh, And I think Alabama's on the outside looking at it. If I had to guess right now what I think is going to happen, I'm going to say Georgia wins the SEC championship and gets in two yeah. SEC teams. No, I, I firmly think Georgia is going to beat LSU in the championship game, and I'll go one past that. I don't think LSU is going to make the f- – when, when I interviewed Brody Miller from the, from the Athletic, he said they're already downplaying the win over Texas. Oh, what's Auburn going to have, three losses? What's Alabama going to have, two losses? I mean, who's going to be LSU's big win? Uh, Ole Miss, baby, Plumley. By the way, that LSU defense is not great. Bad, yeah. They're going to get boat raced by, by Clemson. It doesn't matter. They score 58 points every game. Clemson or Ohio State would boat race LSU's defense. Yeah, and then LSU would also score 58. Um, I mean... Not on Clemson's well, defense. Clemson would not allow Rutgers to score that many points. Not on their worst day. Alright, well, we'll get to the NFL later. I'll go through my preview for Monday Night Football for Chiefs Chargers in uh, Mexico City. I, a lot of it's going to come down to injuries on the Chiefs, but I'll get to that later uh, during the NFL recap. 
And now, box score frauds. Let's go through box score frauds. I already mentioned Cincinnati. Uh, I also mentioned Wisconsin. Uh, both those teams should have lost. Two top 20 teams. They should have lost outright, actually, if you look at the box scores. Who else do you want to add the box score frauds? No, you nailed it. South Florida, Wisconsin is in there. Uh, I had NC State in there. They had 50 more yards. Uh, they were leading this game going into the third quarter, and Louisville had four straight TDs to start the second half. No, so. I had that under, too. That was great that, that uh, Louisville decided to run a fake field goal and score a touchdown. That was fun. It was 10-7 at the half. Yeah, not really box score frauds, but the other notes that I had is Texas State, you are, uh, you're done. Shield your eyes. This team is officially trash. No more paying attention to you. No more talking about you. Tyler Vitt had four INTs. Uh, that'll be it. Uh, UAB's backup quarterback, Dylan Hopkins, ran for 163 yards and had a TD. Spencer Brown returned, our great running back. Uh, he returned for a TD, had some running yards. You know, Northwestern, I, I think that one's a little uh, tough. But, I mean, they had two explosive plays for touchdowns, uh, three total in the fourth quarter to push 39 uh, with UMass. Hawaii had a pick six late in the third. Another Hawaii pick on their six-yard line in the fourth quarter for uh, to blow that UNLV spread. You know, South Alabama, I didn't see this one coming. I mean, ULL was one of the first ones to hit out of the gate. We're talking about closing line value. At ULL, minus 24. Closes what? Minus 28. South Alabama ran for 352 yards, seven yards per carry. They had 70 more yards than ULL. I don't know if the Cajuns are sleepwalking, but uh, that that opened up my eyes pretty big. Uh, Texas secondary, um, you know, I mean, they, they got they got to pretty early. They had, a, they had an INT pretty early, but then the Longhorns had 10 and 15 play TD drives late to take the lead. And Iowa State ran a masterful drive, worked the clock, had the timeouts going, was able to kick the field goal to survive uh, an upset there. Michigan rolls Sparty. Sparty. Sheesh. Uh, Ohio State wins but doesn't cover against Rutgers, 56-21. I'm shocked that they gave up any points. You had to 21 to Rutgers. Uh, Georgia hangs on to beat Auburn, 21-14. I mean, Auburn, what was Auburn practicing over those two weeks? Because one of the reasons I played the first half, slants, that's all they did in the first half. Clemson beats Wake 52-3 to the week. That was a winner I had, the under. Uh, and I had to hold on. But Jamie Newman went 6-14 for 41 yards. They had no passing offense to speak of without Washington and Surratt, and that Clemson defense played really well. Wake Forest had 100 total yards, 105 total yards. By the way, if you had that first half under, indoor first half Wake Forest, plus 22 and a half, they were down 21 with like 30 seconds ago after Clemson scored a touchdown, and then they decided to try and score. They threw a pick, and then Clemson scored a touchdown in the final seconds. Brutal. And then Penn State, they don't cover, but they win against Indiana thanks to a fake punt that I still don't understand for Indiana. Ramsey threw for 371 against that Penn State secondary. They outgained Penn State 462 to 371, 6.4 yards per play for the Hoosiers, 5.5 to Penn State. Another lucky Penn State win at home. I don't know what Indiana was doing on that fake punt. Did you see that? No, I did not. You have to go see that. Uh, that's what lost in the game. They were trying to, a fake punt. And Are you telling me Penn State uh, had an, got another win with something crazy happening on the other side? It was uh, maybe the worst. I don't know what it is with – teams from Indianapolis and horrible punt formations. Uh, I'm going to text it to you right now so you can see. This is the formation. I just texted it to you. This is the formation. They had fourth and one near midfield down 20 to 14. (laughs) the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts. But it's fourth and one near (laughs) midfield. And you're seven and two Indiana. You finally could beat one of these good teams. You're two touchdown underdogs. Sneak the ball or do something other than this. So they, they snapped it to the punter, and then the punter just got tackled. 
running forward. Because then you're on high alert, too, in that formation that they might do that. So Penn State holds on to win 34-27. Oak State beats Kansas. We got to talk about Kansas. Kansas, going back and forth on Twitter, my mentions with the Kansas fan. Yes, they are out there. Um, he was saying how much of a mess this game was. By the way, Kansas was in 31 nothing in the, in the fourth quarter. They scored a touchdown. They went for two for some reason. Why? You're done 31 nothing, And then, so to make it 31-8 with like seven to go, so they didn't get it. So then it's thir- and the line was 17 and a half. <clears throat> so it's 31-6 now. They scored another touchdown. They said not to go for two on this one. Why, I mean, why not? It doesn't matter at this point. It was a, and they kicked extra point. They lose 31-13. But this game was a mess. It became so much of a mess that in the second half, Les decided to uh, put his kid in. Um, so he benched <laughs> Stanley, and his uh, son was the quarterback. So Kansas is uh, back to reality. West Virginia upset, upsets Kansas State. Not enough people are talking about that. That's one of the most shocking uh, scores of, of the day, in my opinion. I did right. not see And the fact they got down. They got down early, too, which I, I thought you could just write them off. But uh, they box, come back. I mean, a little box score. For, I mean, they, they both averaged 5.5 yards per play. But Kansas State had 100 more yards. And, you know, coming into this game, I said, the West Virginia team is the one that makes mistakes. The Kansas State is a disciplined, more experienced team. Kansas State had two through two picks, and West Virginia no turnovers. So yeah, a shocking result from Manhattan, Memphis, uh, Rolls, Houston, and uh, everybody hits that over. Uh, man, some of these AAC overs just are are free money. Iowa beats Minnesota. Minnesota goes down twenty three nineteen. If you waited and took the hook, you lost on a missed extra point by Minnesota late. Minnesota. You know, they should have probably won this game. 431 total yards, Iowa 290. Some of them were late, but uh, 6.2 yards per play for Minnesota, 5.4 for Iowa. Kinnick Magic strikes again, uh, and uh, Minnesota is eliminated. From playoff contention, uh, any any thoughts there? On no, uh, no I, there's a piece that came out on Sunday talking about how, man, don't, <laughs> don't overreact, everybody. But Minnesota does not have to beat Northwestern. They can still play Wisconsin, beat Wisconsin. And, I mean, it comes down to Wisconsin. Whether what happens in Northwestern game does not matter to Minnesota whatsoever. Their Big Ten championship game hopes all are on the Wisconsin game. I'm not saying Northwestern's going to win. I'm not saying Northwestern's going to cover. Minnesota, that was our nightmare game last year. <laughs> I know, and they, um, it's right back to that game. Oh, man. Uh, we'll have much more on that during the week. Um, App State, uh, who is ranked, they rolled Georgia State 56-27. Ellington played for Georgia State? He has a torn ACL. I, I, I'm, I'm, I thought he was no. out. I'm looking at this box score. He, well, he was announced out, and then he, this, he decided he's just going to play with a torn ACL. Well, it didn't go well. He went 12 of 27 <laughs> for 88 yards and two picks. And Georgia State actually runs the ball really well every week. But they what, they have like 500 rushing yards on La Monroe last week. But, yeah, they were out gained 553 to 324, and uh, Ellington was not good. Shocked he played. Then you have the late-night blowouts, Utah, Boise, and Oregon. Uh, all rolled. I have no clue. Maybe you have some insight here. I have no clue what's going on with the Boise State quarterback situation. Meyer and Cord, are they transferring? Are they redshirting? Uh, I mean, it could be. I mean, there's a whole bunch of freshmen that are that are playing. You know, quarterback some weeks well, some weeks not. And uh, you know, Brian Harrison may put up the writing on the wall and say, "This is what we're doing. This is our future." So I, I we'll see. Yep. Um, no Arkansas this week. So you guys did not lose as far as I'm aware. Uh, maybe you had some transfers or, or something. Uh, but we're, uh, we're keeping our starting quarterback close to the vest, but those inside the program, I think it's going to be Nick Starkle, uh, and that all four quarterbacks are going to play. So I can't wait for LSU. It's going to be a great week. Um, how many points will LSU score? 38 by half. By the way, New Mexico state popped the champagne 
You got a win over Incarnate Word at home, 41-28. And also, pop the champagne, Rice. Middle Tennessee State season win total under. That was a good thing that happened yesterday. Rice beats wins at Middle Tennessee State in Murfreesboro and scored 31 points. With their Harvard transfer quarterback, Tom Stewart. Yeah, they gave up 500 yards and only had 377. They gave up 7.8 yards per play, had 5.8. And this is the game that Rice won. Uh, got out game by two, an average of two yards net per play. And uh, yeah, bad loss for Middle Tennessee State there. And Washington State rolls Stanford. Let me see if I'm missing anything that we didn't get to. Kentucky just trucks Vandy. Bowden ran wild for Kentucky. Um, Kentucky had 528 yards and 401 of them came on the ground. Bandy, yikes. Uh, Iowa State, we, we got to talk about this game. Iowa State beating Texas 23-21. Texas, did you see the ending in this game? I saw Iowa State uh, push it all the way down on a, on a really long drive, call proper timeouts and kick a field goal. To win well, <clears throat> you missed something then because Texas won the game. Iowa State missed the field goal, but Texas was offsides, and uh, Iowa State – Got the kick it again and won. So you're telling me two weeks in a row, one time they lined up uh, not enough off, not enough men on the line. They had to settle for a field goal, didn't cover. And now they lined up off sides, and Iowa State got to kick again and win the game. Amazing, Texas. Good job. Well coached. Yeah. But Herman does cover. Temple beats Tulane at home. Temple covers again. I don't know why I just bet. I don't, want, I don't just bet Temple every week, every year. TCU gives up a big lead and then kicks a field goal late and beats Texas Tech. It depends on the number you had, 33-31. Central Michigan, the, the Mac game was wild that no one was watching. All right, so let's move on to week 13, and we'll talk about some weekday college football. Why wait for the weekend? Strap in your fun belts and get ready for Maction. It's midweek madness. Let's start, and obviously it's going to be some Maction. And, you know, Thursday night we have NC State Georgia Tech. We'll talk about the Friday night game, which I think, yeah, Friday night, there's only one game, Colorado State at Wyoming. We'll cover that on the Thursday pod, which will be out Friday morning. Let's start, we'll start, we'll we'll go chronologically. Let's start Tuesday, Eastern Michigan at Northern Illinois. Every team in the MAC, besides the dumpster fires, Akron and Bowling Green, I feel like can still make a bowl. Uh, Northern Illinois got that win over Toledo, keeping their bowl hopes alive. They obviously have to win out. They are home against Western Michigan next week. They are home against Eastern Michigan this week. So it'll come down to the directional schools. Eastern Michigan, meanwhile, is sitting at, and some of these MAC teams, which will get probably that could get the ball eligibility, might not make a bowl, but obviously this is their goal. So Eastern Michigan sitting at five and five. Uh, they got a win over Akron last Tuesday night, and uh, they need to win one of their last two. They're home against Kent next week, but they're at NIU here. What do you see here? Yeah, I mean, Eastern Michigan, I make the line plus three and a half. Uh, you know, they should be able to throw the ball. They're 34th in passing. Northern Illinois minus three and a half. Favorite? Yeah, Northern Illinois minus three and a half. Eastern Michigan, I've got it plus three and a half. So that's my projected line before the lines come out here. You know, Eastern Michigan should have some success throwing the ball. They're 34th in passing success rate with Mike Glass. Uh, he didn't have any TDs against Akron, which was kind of shocking. But Northern Illinois should shut Eastern Michigan's running game down. Uh, and then if you look at both of them and their rushing success rate, both teams are sub 110th. So there's not going to be a lot of running and moving the chains here. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of inefficient offense. It's going to go through the air. Uh, I don't expect a lot of explosive plays. So I'm definitely probably going to be looking at an under here. The one thing I'll say about Akron, the Akron game, is if you watched Akron, they have the worst offensive line in all of college football, right? It's one of the biggest problems with the team, which has countless problems. But 
Their offensive line couldn't block anyone, but they had time to do things against Eastern Michigan, whose defensive line is so bad, it's it's not even funny. They don't get any pressure whatsoever. They don't – you can run on them. I mean, Akron was even running. It's the worst – one of the worst rushing teams we've seen in the last 20 years. And if you look at advanced stats, Eastern Michigan is 128th in line yards, 130th in standard line yards, 125th in opportunity rate. 126th in power success rate, 129th in stuff rate. I mean, it's bad. So just keep that in mind. The Eastern, if they, especially if they make a bowl, that Eastern Michigan defense, they lost a ton. It was the best defense in the MAC last year. Is horrible. Also on Tuesday night, we have more Maction. Uh, we'll have previews up for this on Action Network.com and the Action app. Ohio at Bowling Green. What do you got? Yeah, I think it should be Ohio minus 18 and a half. But that's pretty steep on the road. Uh, you know, they're at four and six right now. It's pretty unlikely that they're going to get to a bowl game just with six wins. So MAC teams usually need about seven. You know, Solich got the contract extension, which is crazy considering his age. You know, this is the biggest difference is Ohio is top 20 in rushing success rate. Bowling Green is 75th in uh, defensive rushing success rate and 124th against explosiveness. So uh, I think, you know, Ohio is going to be able to break a whole bunch of big rushing plays off with Nathan Rourke and you know the running game Bowling Green is just so horrible on offense I mean they lost 44 to 3 to Miami of Ohio I don't know how that game went under 51 but you know only scored three points on Miami of Ohio and they, they have had a real tough time scoring lately uh, so this is going to be Ohio uh, maybe the under maybe Ohio but those are the two ways I'm looking as, as the numbers are going to open here today the one thing Bowling Green does well is they get pressure on the quarterback. That's about it. But if you do that against Warwick, he'll just run against you. Yeah, he'll just, step up. he'll just step up and take off. All right. Wednesday night, more Maction. Oh, God. Akron. Um, <laughs> You're not going to like this. You're not going to like this. at Miami of Ohio. I hate Akron. I think Miami of Ohio is also a fraud. They just get so lucky with turnovers every week. I mean, their quarterback on the year has nine touchdowns and six picks. <laughs> what do you got here? You're not going to like this. So. Make it Akron plus 25. Uh, I mean, the Zips are atrocious, but Miami of Ohio, they have nothing to play for. I mean, the only thing they have to – They're one of four teams that won their division already. It's them, Oregon, Clemson, and Georgia. Yeah, they have like a two-game pad here. I mean, there's nothing that they can do. Miami of Ohio is going to Detroit to play for the conference championship. So this number is going to be inflated. Uh, Yeah, I know. You're not going to like this. No one's going to like this. I'm not going to like this. It's going to hurt. But, uh, I mean, if Akron plus 25 is, is what I've got, and if it's even more than that, then, you know, we're going to have to put a play in on the zips. I mean, at least Akron is top 25 in, in, in explosive defense against the rush and against the pass, so they should be able to keep Miami, who's not a very good offense anyways. Uh, Miami's kind of, you know, they've kind of been a little bit of a fraud. When you hear that, you know, this is a division leader, I mean, I think there's teams in their division that are better than them. So, you know. Every team in the MAC is the same, except for Bowling Green and Akron. I don't. They all. They all. I. I should just power rate them all the same. Yeah, and listen. I mean, I've avoided this Akron mess all year. I mean, I, I dipped my toes into UMass. I've had my toes into Texas State. I've avoided Akron the entire year, and I think I'm going to have to get involved here because I do not like this Miami Ohio team, and they have zero to play for. Oh my God! I'm going to play Akron again. I can see it. I'm going to get the clown mask on right now. Uh, all right. Then also Wednesday night, Toledo at Buffalo. Toledo yeah. six and four. Buffalo five and five. So obviously both still playing for bowl eligibility. Yep. Yeah. I mean, all we could wish for is Toledo in a Bahamas bowl or something like that. So Toledo covered just one of their past six road games, uh, and Buffalo's covered thirteen of their last seventeen at home. So I have Buffalo minus five here. And the question is, is can Buffalo stop Toledo's rush attacks? Toledo's rush attack has been really good this year. Buffalo's 26th in defensive rushing success rate. They're 30th in defending rush explosiveness. They're 7th in defensive line yards, 14th in sack rate. I think that they've actually got the goods to put a stop in Toledo. The problem is, is Buffalo's been melting in these games. 
Uh, these second halves that some of these uh, that Buffalo's been playing in, you look at a number of box scores they've had, they've just fallen off a cliff. So there may very well be a Buffalo first half play, and it's all predicated upon the fact that their defense can shut down the Toledo rush, but they melt in the second half. So that's where I'm looking. Yep. All right. And then there's only one game on Thursday and Friday, as I mentioned before. We'll cover the Friday game on the Thursday pod. Uh, but Thursday night, NC State at Georgia Tech, NC State, four and six uh, at Georgia Tech, two and eight. But I, everything I thought about Georgia Tech, and I went to shit on Saturday because they right. lost 45 nothing at home. Looked horrible. Graham was 7 of 17 for 43 yards and two picks. Not pretty uh, at all. And uh, Virginia Tech finished with 461 yards, 7.6 yards per play. Georgia Tech at 2.4 yards per play. So everything that I talked about on Saturday, just take it and light it on fire. What do you see here? Yeah, I mean, this one's going to be tough, but I mean, NC State is the one that has bull motivation here. You know, Georgia Tech's still playing hard, even though they just got blanked. But, you know, both teams have only covered the spread just twice this season. That's it. NC State has minus 12 net turnovers the last five games. It's been a shit show for them as far as turnover luck or just turnovers in general. Uh, NC State should have some minor rushing success rate uh, against Georgia Tech. It should keep them them going against Georgia Tech's defense. It's interesting to note – the Georgia Tech's offense and NC State's defense are both 130th in the power success rate uh, stat category. And so if we're talking short runs, the uh, the one two yard gains, like on, on you know in short yard situations, this is uh, Georgia Tech, the worst offense uh, in the nation at, at getting gaining those yards, and NC State is the worst defense in the nation at stopping those yards. So little just stat geek note there for you, but no, I, I don't know. I mean, NC State's got the motivation here. You'd expect them to show up, but I, the number might be too large to lay a money line or include it with something else. Can you trust these guys? Minus 12 turnovers last five games. Yep. All right. That should wrap up the weekday preview. Now let's get into our the NFL recap. The fastest five-minute betting recap in the land. Let's go. Ravens, 41, Texans, 7. They said the Texans were a contender, and they lost by 34 points. Lamar didn't get to 100 yards, but he still ran for 86 yards, and the Ravens dominated. It wasn't close. When you have the top three corners in the NFL and you practice against a mobile quarterback, that's what happened. Charm City blowout. Vikings, 27, Broncos, 20. Three, I don't know how the Broncos blew it. I had nightmares of the Broncos blowing my plus 10 and a half like Colorado State. The Vikings get it done at home somehow against Brandon Allen. Trust me, the Allen regression is coming just like the Kyle Allen regression came today because the Falcons won 29 to 3 over the Panthers. Kyle Allen finishes 31 of 50 with zero touchdowns and four picks. He threw it 50 times and scored three points at home against the Falcons. The Falcons are awake. Too bad they won't make the playoffs. Moving on, the Jets win 34-17 over the Redskins. The Redskins, yes, they got the 17 points, which means they scored a touchdown. Finally, first time since October 13th, and they covered the second half. Dwayne Haskins, he stinks. He might be good, but he stinks right now. The Redskins stink, and they can't fire their owner. The Bills win 37-20. I don't understand why the market all of a sudden fell in love with the Dolphins because they beat Brian Hoyer and Sam Darnold. They're basically the same person. 
And the Bills cover first half in game. And guess what, everybody? The Bills and Patriots, what do they have? A combined million wins versus no good teams. Check their schedules. Cowboys 35, Lions 27. The Cowboys move into first place in the NFC East. And guess what? The analytics two-point conversion burns down bookies everywhere. And it was the first time a two-point analytic conversion swing money like that. And especially considering that the Eagles didn't cover against the Patriots. But look at the box score. The Patriots offense after a bye is still broken. But let's admit, 29 29-3. 29-3 against the spread in the most efficient betting market in the world after a loss as an underdog or a favorite under a touchdown, Brady and Belichick. That's a real fact. Colts, Jaguars, Colts win 33-13. Colts broke my teaser. I don't know who this team is. It was the first game of the year that wasn't decided by one possession. Jacoby Brissett had a huge day. He went 15-24 to for 148 yards. I mean, the Colts are just the the oddest team in the NFL. They still have Adam Vinatieri employed somehow. The Raiders' overstreak ends, but they beat the Bengals 17-10. Cincinnati Nation celebrate you covered. As of right now, Raider Nation is in the playoffs. The only thing I have to say about the AFC right now is it stinks. I'm sorry, Cardinals betters. If you bet this late, you got 10, and that happened. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow in Mexico City. Chiefs, Chargers, maybe. Chargers are sitting at four and six. This is the Chargers game. Phillip Rivers, dominant against the spread last three years in November. They start slow and they get rolling. The Chiefs defense is an absolute train wreck. It's UMass-esque. It's Akron-esque. Their offensive line is also really banged up. Patrick Mahomes is an absolute stud. But this Chiefs team is so flawed. This game comes down to the wire. Take the points. Uh, So that wraps up the NFL weekend. What did we learn in 30 seconds or less? The Ravens are damn good. I think the AFC comes down to them. The Patriots are going to get better. Chiefs, when they get healthy, they'll be there. The NFC should be a war. And I'll leave you with this. Dallas next weekend at New England. The two things that I wanted for that play next weekend, I wanted Dallas to win close and I wanted New England to win which means I'll still get that New England you know over inflation the market on a team that's still figuring it out look for that Dallas plus seven hunt it put go on the action app put the line alert on be an edge subscriber once Dallas hits seven hit it just hit it that's a joke line I make it three Three, yes. I'll be on Dallas regardless. Dallas plus seven pesos. Get your pesos next weekend. Okay. Colin, thanks for joining me. Let's have a big bounce back week and weekend. Thanks everyone for listening. Subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe. Tell a friend, tell an enemy. You know the drill. Thanks for the voicemails. And uh, we'll catch y'all potentially sometime during the week on a live show. If not, uh, on Friday on the Thursday pod. Cheers. Peace out.